This is The People Show with Big Nazar and Randy Janda. Welcome back to the show. Final hour, Bick Nazar and Randy Janda here on The People Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. And this hour of The People Show, brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota all-star team, avenuemachinery.ca. DouglasLakeEquipment.com. I imagine we're going to get a pretty uh, festive Brendan Bachelor when he joins us in just a second. Why do you uh, say that? Because it was uh, maybe grim at halftime, but now mm. uh, the three Lions have uh, roared back. That's right. They're playing Germany. 2-0 early on. Harry Kane scoring against an actually a good team for once. Nice. 3-2 England. Uh, I think it just wrapped up at full time. 3-3? Oh, Germany got one back. Yeah, Kai okay. Havertz scored okay. late. There you go. But it, it looked really grim because uh, it was 2-0 in the 67th minute. And then 3-2 and then 3-3. This doesn't change anything. They're still relegated from Nations League. No, but... Hey, they got a point against Germany. They did. Looks better. Germany's going to have like a full-on football summit now. We drew England! They only had 40% possession against Germany, which is not exactly fantastic. Hey, man. 3-3. Shouts to... Okay, we we dumped on England a fair bit on Friday. I did. 3-3 mm-hmm. against Germany, not bad. It, it's still not very good. No, it's not not great, but it's considering where they were on Friday, it's better. Considering the squad that they have. And look, they're not throwing out nobodies here. That's the thing that's concerning. It's Mason Mount. It's Foden. It's Sterling. It's Bellingham. It's Rice. It's Reese James. It's Harry Maguire. Uh, you say with, that with so much confidence. <laughs> Uh, they uh, definitely should be getting a result. Uh, all right, we'll connect with Brendan Bachelor in just a second. Uh, thoughts still coming in the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text message inbox as well, Randy. Yeah, we got this one. Um, unsigned text. With all the injuries, the Canucks may, ha- may be in a position to grab an early waiver drop. Often teams actually send down really good players early on because most teams are trying to sneak them down before the teams have their own roster sorted. And if you look at the Canucks contract situation, they got some room to play with here. Mm-hmm. They could add something, but yes, that's a, I think that's a good point. If you're looking at the forward group, it's still pretty jam-packed. But when we talk about that left side of defense, we know it's tough to find right shot D. Left shot D, there's, there's a few that may be available, but that's a, I think that's a good point where just because you have a certain player on the roster now, as teams are trying to navigate their own roster situation, can you add somebody? Absolutely, they can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, am I expecting that person to be solve and unlock the entire defense? No. No. It'll be an option. It's also something that's external of your control, right? You need certain franchises to make certain decisions uh, to open up the space for you. Uh, It's it's just a tougher reality than trades because we can say, hey, this is the thing I value and I can create the player that I want to come my way. Uh, But yes, it is a fair point. There's just more bodies on the left side. That's 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 why there's such a demand to get right side D man because it's just tougher to find those guys and that's why the conversation about Quinn Hughes flipping is so important and so relevant because now that's a problem solved. 
uh, what do they do on the other side? Let's uh, talk to Brendan Batchelor, who joins us now, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks. Batch, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We were just saying, uh, were, were you were you feeling more festive now that England got a result? Yeah, uh, not uh, the way I would have drawn it up, certainly, uh, to have to overcome a 2-0 deficit against Germany. But you know what? They're going to peak at the right time. I'm feeling confident. <laughs> Don't know if I should be, but I am. So what was it, three draws in Nation League? Something like that. I, I, I don't know. They, winless. They got, it was, it was they, winless. They, they're relegated to Group B. I know that yeah. much, right? So, uh, But, you know, the great thing about Nations League is that it doesn't really matter if you win the World <laughs> Cup. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll see what happens uh, come late November. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting World Cup campaign for this team because expectations are going to be so high because of what they accomplished at the Euro. But at the same time, you know, and you know, aside from coming back and, and getting a result today, um, you know, they haven't been in great form. Gareth Southgate's under the gun. So, you know, the one thing I'll say about England at a major tournament is it's always interesting, whether it's interesting for good reasons or bad reasons, and it's usually bad reasons, and I'm sure they're going to be very compelling to follow uh, come this winter, regardless of whether things go well for them or not. Uh, all right. How was it at uh, the rink yesterday? Fun to be back? Yeah, it was good. It, w- it was really good to be back. Um, you know, obviously having Randeep uh, riding shotgun with me was great. He did a great job. And uh, we had a, a pretty exciting game, at least the end of the game, uh, with the Canucks coming back and forcing overtime. And, you know, certainly I think, as we often see in the preseason, the number of penalties that were called. Uh, kind of overshadowed anything else, and anytime you've got a game with 15 power plays in it, that's you know going to prevent you from having flow and and you know having it feel like a normal game. But you know, all in all, I think there were some good things from you know some of the Canuck veterans. And other than that, I wouldn't read into what we saw too too much. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to ride shotgun as well, uh, Batch. And uh, we were talking about during the game. Uh, the, first couple of minutes even, the assertiveness of one Vasily Podkols, and he's been a stock-up option uh, throughout the show for a lot of listeners and, and myself, including Bick as well. But your thoughts on his start to that game, because it felt like, you know, it was a question of, you know, sophomore slump, or will he be ready to go? Will he be confident? And he definitely looked the role in the first game. Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, a, a young player that really sort of came into his own at the end of last season... That's what you want to see in the preseason, especially, you know, a split squad game early on in the preseason. Most of the guys on the other team aren't NHLers or won't be NHLers by the time the regular season starts. You want to see him come in and assert himself. And whether that means he's putting the puck in the net or being physical or, or whatever that might mean, that's, that's what you want to see from your NHL-level players, and especially a young guy. Uh, who still feels like he has a lot to prove at the NHL level in Vasily Podkolzin. So I like that that's the way he started. Obviously, the goal was you know a really good sign, too, him using his size to take the puck to the net. Those are the kind of things that will allow him to generate more offense this, this season if he's able to do them on a more consistent basis. Although, uh, you know, once the regular season starts and he's going up against NHL defenders as opposed to AHL defenders, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for him to get to those areas of the ice. But the fact that he showed that sort of willingness uh, is very encouraging for me. And, you know, for him and, and, and many others with this group, they'll look to build on that as the preseason continues. 
You know what's interesting too is when, when we saw like the the groups for training camp come out and thinking, okay, this line and and this group too. Uh, I, I did want to see put Coles in with Hor- or with with Pedersen, and you see Garland Horvat put Colson go together, and it, it it didn't excite me at first, and then you see it actually kind of play out on the ice, and you say, okay, Garland creates five on five, and look, he wasn't fantastic yesterday, but like he he does produce five on five. That's his skill on a line with two other guys who. You know, Pocos, and if he gets a big jump this year, going alongside Connor Garland, and obviously Paul Horvat can produce on his own too. Like th- that line could be really interesting. Yeah, and, and five on five production is going to be big for this team yeah. because you know they had a top ten power play in the league last year, and you know yet they were still on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. And when you're already a top ten power play, there's only so much you can improve on the man advantage. You're going to need help at evens and. You're right, Connor Garland, off the top of my head, I think he only had three power play points last year, and the rest of them came at evens. So he was one of their more consistent five-on-five producers last season. And if that is a line, uh, first of all, if it's a line that we see stick together, because now that there's a couple of injuries in the mix, things could change very quickly. But, uh, you know, if they do stick together, you know, Horvat's coming off one of his best offensive seasons, well, his best offensive season in terms of goal scoring. Todd Colson showed in the last 15 games or so of the year that, you know, there is a an offensive ability there that could be unlocked to what degree. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So, you know, if those guys can, can be a menace and a scoring threat at even strength, then that will certainly help this group, uh, you know, with some of the other offensive lines they're able to roll out. Although, it wouldn't surprise me at all if when they take to the ice for practice tomorrow, the lines look quite a bit different with, you know, now having the knowledge that Brock Besser is not going to be able to start the season. And we'll find out how severe the injury to Ilya Mikheyev is. But, you know, that's that's two wingers that you had penciled in. I guess if you want to call it your top six, certainly your top nine, uh, that now you're going to have to figure out how you want to replace and, and who you want to fill those roles. So, you know, Todd Colson, by playing well in that first preseason game, maybe he makes himself a candidate to move on to the Pedersen line if Mikheyev's not able to go over the next little bit. So that'll be interesting to see as well. We do have clarity on the Brock Besser injury. Three to four weeks, he uh, did have hand surgery. Now, on that line, we've seen him have success with Tanner Pierce and JT Miller. Who would be your leading candidate for that line? Yeah, well, you know... I, Part of it depends on if is going to be healthy because then you've got two lines that you have to try and figure out. Um, my immediate thought is if there's only one opening in the top nine, then it's got to go to Niels Hoaglander right away with you know the way he started training camp and gone through the preseason. But you know, does it make more sense, let's say, if Mikheyev is healthy to put Hoaglander with Pedersen because they've got a bit of chemistry and maybe move Mikheyev up to play with Miller and Pearson and bring some speed to that line because you know those are guys that can grind down low certainly but I don't think we would think of of JT Miller and Tanner Pearson at the top of our lists if we're talking about straight ahead speed and McKayev is the kind of player that can play that grinding game that you know is a is a checking forward as well as a guy that can produce offense so um, you know Hoaglander's got to fit in there somewhere and I would imagine that's what we'll see pretty quickly here as we now know, that Besser's probably going to miss, what, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of five to ten games to start the regular season, depending on how well his recovery is. And then, of course, you know, the fact that he's not going to have any preseason games under his belt, 
He didn't even get to finish training camp. So, you know, it's probably going to take him a while to get back up to speed with the rest of the group, whereas Hoaglander's come in and been one of the best players at training camp. So, you know, if I was drawing up the lines and we're assuming we have Mikheyev, I might like to try him with Miller. Where it gets interesting is if you don't have Mikheyev and you don't have Besser, because then you might have to find someone that you wouldn't have otherwise thought as a top nine forward and try to fit them into that mix somehow. Uh, outside of uh, the put Coles in goal, uh, what was something that got you excited seeing uh, yesterday? I liked uh, you know the fact that Jack Rathbone did pretty well with the number of minutes he played, and uh, you know obviously he's never going to play as much, uh, or at least this season he's not going to play as much uh, as he did last night. Once you get the the regular roster out on the ice, uh, unless you have a, a rash of injuries, and he's got to play that number one power play quarterback role, but. You know, I thought he looked comfortable on the man advantage. He looked confident, made some good plays with the puck. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of what we saw from Jack Rathbone through last preseason when he played every game that he was able to get into and started the year with the hockey club. The The challenges for him are always going to be on the defensive side, right? Like, you can see the, the skating ability, the puck handling ability, the offensive wherewithal, that's all there, and... You know, he's had a full year of experience in the AHL, obviously had a couple of injuries, but, you know, was was a good point producer at the AHL. So you're confident that he can uh, do well on the offensive side of the game. It's how he's going to be able to defend that I think will truly decide whether he's a, a fit in the top six for this team over the long stretch this year. But I think uh, an encouraging sign for what the coaching staff might think of where Jack Rathbone fits in is the fact that they have paired him with Luke Shen, who, you know, was so defensively solid and, and fit in so well in an elevated role last year, playing in the top four alongside Quinn Hughes. So he's got experience playing with, you know, a defenseman that profiles very similarly to Rathbone, you know, with a lot of those offensive characteristics that Hughes has. Rathbone has many of those as well. So that might be a, a sneaky good third pairing that could even play some more minutes than that if, they're able to find some chemistry and, and do well together. So, you know, from what I've seen from Rathbone through training camp and logging that number of minutes and playing that much on the power play last night, I think it's a good sign for, you know, his his continued quest to make the hockey club out of training camp. Well, Bick and I were playing Tetris with the Vancouver Canucks uh, defensive pairings <laughs> in the last segment, and a lot of this does depend on Tyler Myers, right? Who plays next to him? And Danny DeKaiser's been given that role through camp and in that first game. How do you like that fit? How do you like his play? I'm not sold on DeKaiser, personally, and we talked about it a little bit during the game last night, Randy, where there was the one play where he took an interference penalty, finishing his check on the boards, and it was basically a play where he had to take the interference penalty because he was going to get beat to the outside. And, you know, all due respect to the players that the Calgary Flames brought, and, you know, credit them, they found a way to beat the Canucks 3-2, to but... Um, most of those guys are not guys that you'll see in their NHL lineup most of the time this coming season, if at all. So if Danny DeKaiser at times was struggling with the pace of the game last night, I worry about how much he might struggle with the pace of regular season play. So, you know, it remains to be seen whether they feel he's a good enough fit to sign him, whether they think he could be a depth option, um, you know, I guess Tucker Pullman's future is going to determine some of that as to, you know, how much he's able to give and whether his injury is truly behind him or not. 
Um, but I, I would probably look, if I was trying to draw out the pairings right now, uh, going Ekman-Larsen-Hughes, because they've skated together to this point. It seems like the Canucks are pretty committed to at least trying Quinn Hughes on the right side, whether it works in the long term or not. I already talked about the Rathbone-Shen pairing that I like, and so that leaves Travis Dermott and Tyler Myers for me in terms of your top six defensemen, and then depending on what you have to do to get under the roster limit, and how many defensemen you want to carry, you know, is Tucker Pullman around on the NHL roster? Is Kyle Burroughs around on the NHL roster? Those are the kind of things that I'd be looking at. But with the number of defensemen they have, and not just defensemen that they have, but guys that have played for them at the NHL level, you know, Kyle Burroughs played quite a lot last year and in a depth role, shown well at times. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm I'm ready to sign a veteran like Danny DeKaiser, especially when I'm not entirely convinced that he'll be able to keep up with the NHL speed. How much leeway do you give to veterans, though, right? Because, look, it wasn't a good debut last night in preseason. I get that. It's just I I always try to defer a bit to veterans that understand how long 82 games is and – it's it's different because he's on a PTO and we think, hey, you yeah. got to be come flying out of the gates to earn your spot. But I'm always just a bit selective with veterans on day one of preseason. Say, like he knows how to get through preseason. He knows what the the struggles of a season feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for for people that might be like, oh, you know, Pedersen wasn't all over the pocket, wasn't dominant like we've seen him last night, um, or like we've seen him be in the past last night. That's not something I'm worried about. Elias Pettersson needs to get into game shape, uh, needs to get to a point later in the preseason where, you know, the top power play unit is all playing together, uh, you know, and, and is sort of ramping up. For, for guys that have those contracts, know they'll be on the NHL roster, it's not about winning every single game in the preseason. It's about ramping yourself up to be in peak condition and ready to go when the regular season starts. But... You know, that's exactly where I was going to go, Vic, that you talk about the PTO. Danny DeKaiser, as much as he's a veteran, does not have that luxury because he does not have an NHL contract. So, you know, as much as, yes, he's a veteran and he's done this a lot and he'll understand what it takes to get through the preseason, he also needs to stand out and stand out in a good way. And there were just a couple of plays last night that had me leaving you know, a little bit more to be desired in terms of his level of play. And for it being the first preseason game for a guy without a contract, that worries me a little bit. But he's going to get more of an opportunity. It's clear they're, you know, very much willing to give him a chance to earn a spot with this group based on the fact that they've had him with Myers through camp and they kept him there to start the preseason. So he's still got plenty of time to try and earn that job if indeed you know, this is an organization that is seriously looking to sign him and keep him here beyond the end of the preseason. You never leave us uh, wanting something to be desired. So appreciate it as always, pal. Yep, thank you very much. And football's coming home. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> Celebrating a draw. Love it. <laughs> Brendan Batchelor at Batch Hockey on Twitter, the voice of the Canucks here on Sportsnet 650. All right, let's get to it. We do it every day here on The People Show. You got to take, drop it into the inbox. Some already coming in. It's don't at me. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me. Text in your submissions to 650 650. Don't at me. I said, what is that? You can get your submissions in, 650-650. I'll start with mine here. All right. What do you got? Don't at me. The Jaguars 
are better than, than the Dolphins. How dare you? Don't at me. How dare you? I'm, I'm more excited about what they can be. Okay, is this a tease to your power rankings for tomorrow? Is this? Is uh, this? Are you dropping a hint right now? No, if I had to eyeball it, I'd say neither is uh, going to be in the top five. Okay, but I think they're both probably just outside. Official power ranks come out tomorrow. Yeah, Bick is dropping hints right now. Jaguars better than Dolphins. I, this respect you were getting people in your mentions. Vicky and Poco, Mike G. Just bring it. That's fine. Just saying, hey, Bick, is it time that you gave the Dolphins respect? I believe it is. They'd be in a lot of people's book. I would say the majority of people had the Bills number one, right? Sure. Chiefs were number two on a lot of the list, number one on our list. Fascinating it's- stat, though, uh, I saw last night. Uh, going back some time here uh, into last season before his playoffs, okay. uh, the Bills are like 0-14 in one-score games or something like that. Or sorry, 0-7 in one-score games. Okay. And 14-1 and in not one-score games. Yeah, you can tell the stress in that. Are, are they not clutch? OC Ken Dorsey was not feeling it. Oof. Oh, yeah. Smashing. You, you know what I loved about that, though? The, 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 the other coach that has to block the camera? <laughs> the hand that blocks the camera after about five seconds. Who is that coach? Because that coach has got situational awareness. I have a feeling it was the special teams coach. Just, <laughs> just jumping in there. That's a classic move. Like, coach, Ken, Ken, Ken. Don't at me. Aaron Judge ties the record against the Blue Jays. Calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. Would that be your... Nothing break. I'm yeah. saying tying the record. Outside of um, championships, is that like your dream Yankee scenario? No, the dream was the Red Sox. Right, okay. Oh, like, the rivalry's there. They're having a terrible year, and you make history against them. Didn't work. Mara's family was there. Aaron Judge's family was there. It didn't work. But come on. Five games without a home run for that guy this season? Mm-hmm. It's going to stop pretty soon here. The Blue Jays are next on the schedule. All right. Let's get to your submission. 650-650. Many coming throughout the course of the show as well. Uh, Donkey texting in er- earlier. Are the Eagles the most complete team in the NFL right now? Don't at me. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, Donkey. It says, uh, I've been dealing with back pain for most of the year. I've never had wobbly knees and never stumbled uncontrollably because of it. Don't at me. Yeah, that justification was a weird one. Like his his legs turned into Gumby was what Mike Daniel Mike McDaniel said. Yeah, that was a direct quote. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Uh, with this got this one here from Rizzo from the Ridge. Don't at me, but Bick went roughly seventy percent this week on Big Six. Hashtag believe. Uh, four one and one. Yeah, Rizzo's on your side. He believes in you. Appreciate that, Rizzo. The the, the real ones remember. Four one and one. That's not. Hey, yeah, it's like sixty. I will slander Big Six when you are go one and five like you did last week, and, and you'll go silent when when I win. No, hey, props on one week. Yeah. Let's see how you do next week. See, that, let's, I'm just saying it's a full season. Full season props. Yeah, but let's see. That's uh, ten seven and one now on the year. That's fifty eight point eight percent. Okay, and what was your your threshold? Moving on up, fifty percent or slightly uh, above. To save the segment, it was going to be fifty percent. Okay. To to actually be happy about the the results, it's like fifty four percent. All right. I'd I'd like to turn the corner and round. Hey, so far so good. I, I can yeah. I can hate all I want, but the fact is, so far you got a winning record. We got this one, unsigned. Don't at me. Kevin Owens and Bruce Boudreaux would be an elite tag team duo in the WWE. <laughs> would be uh, Bruce Boudreaux's finisher. Sleeper hold. The sleeper hold. Yeah. Might be a leg drop guy. It'd be the sleeper hole we called the press box. You've been summoned to the press box. (laughs) 
He's got him in the press box. He's got him in the press box. He ain't coming back from the press box. Or uh, coach's decision. Oh, like that one. Yeah, that's good too. DNP <laughs> did not play coach's decision. He's been waived. <laughs> That'd be Patrick Alvin's finisher. Uh, don't at me. The Giants are three and zero after tonight's game. We'll get to people's picks on the other side as this, well. This person does not believe in Cooper Rush. Don't buy the hype. That's fine. I'm not a Cowboys fan or anything like that. We got this one. Leaf hater Steve. Don't at me. Some Blue Jay fan will be cashing in on the Judge Ball. That's right. The game's in Toronto. So did I see the guy that caught the Albert Pujols one is keeping the ball? Apparently. Apparently. All okay, right. what would you do in that? We can talk about this on the other side, but what... You'd kind of hold out for something, but... I, I'd sell it back to the player or the team. Sure. I, I'd want some money. Yeah. But I, I, this thing of like, hey, just give it to highest bidder. I don't like that. The, this, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, morally, I'm going to give it back to the player. It's such a... My I'll, starting I'll, I'll, point... I'll tell you the two. Starting point would be lifetime season tickets. Like starting point. It's a significant cash value there. That's Yeah, okay. That's and reasonable. then some extras. Mm-hmm. Could be mementos, whatever, whatever. But starting lifetime season tickets. Now, as a media member, I would never do that. But uh, yeah, if I'm in the stands. Pick if if yeah if, if it's hit the press sure. row, that's a different story. Then you're obligated to be like, here you go. Yeah. But if you bought a ticket that day, oh yeah, the tune changes big time. I'm selling it back to the team. All right. Ah, I love this one. Don't at me, Bruce. Chair it is the chair slam <laughs> as his finishing move. That's good. Can you imagine? That's good. Uh, this one, uh, Kevin and Port Moody, don't at me. Justin Herbert is overrated. At some point, the wins need to start coming to justify the hype. Getting blown out by the Jaguars. Just inexcus- inexcusable, even if he's hurt. Man's got mangled ribs. It's fair. I-, I didn't realize, by the way, that cartilage could fracture. Neither did I. Because that was the injury. Fractured rib yep. cartilage. I had no idea. And this is why we're in radio and not doctors. <laughs> Uh, we got this one, though, kind of tying that up. Don't at me, but the entire AFC West has been super disappointing yeah. this season thus far. Real talk. Yeah, the Chiefs have not been up to standard. The Raiders stink. The Broncos have a winning record, but they stink. They're 2-1, and it's, they scored 11 points and won a game. And by the way, you know who is taking a hit in the power rankings? Who's that? 49ers. Ooh, man. That, uh, I, I did say last week this is probably the high the highest they're ever gonna go. Yeah. Just because they're not they're never gonna get to the club VIP and some other teams have more fireworks. But man, Jimmy G. You can't do that. Okay, I'm dropping hints here, but there's still a tier one of contenders in the NFL. But that maybe that gap between tier one and tier two closed a little bit. Just a little bit. Right. Based on what we saw from even some of the elite teams. I might put the Dolphins ahead of the 49ers. There we go. Let's, uh, actually, I, I, actually, on, I don't know. Man. I don't Come know. On. I don't know about that one. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to Mark Schofield because we got to break down some two throws. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this one, uh, Devin and Kamloops. Tonight's game will be a snooze fest. Giants and Cowboys, I feel like they have exciting games. They'll be close games. I don't know what exciting. Pick, you know what makes these games exciting? Fantasy and prop bets. That's fair. We're uh, coming with our people's picks next segment. Uh, Dan in Fort St. John, I'm starting to think the league has figured Vladdy out and his best season might be behind him, but I hope I'm wrong. Mm. Don't at me. Okay, okay. Uh, this one, Jeffro. Don't at me. As a Mariners fans, it was deja vu dating back to 20, 2001 after yesterday. Blew a 12-run lead last time they made the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday. How, how are you up 
what, 11-2, I think it was at one point? Mm-hmm. And they end up losing the game. 11 runs in the sixth inning. That's crazy. Was it a 12-run lead or a 9-run lead? I think at one point it was a 9-run lead. We'll have to look at the box score again. Yeah. But yeah, it was, regardless, they gave up 11 in one inning. That's all you need to know. It's... It, like, yeah. It's... Mariners are looking rough right now, man. I, like, I'm I, looking I, at the I, Orioles I pitched, and saying... Yeah. They ain't out of it yet. I, I pitched it to Adnan last week. Okay, the Mariners, they've kind of stumbled. And, and he used very much like, yeah, they'll make it. Don't worry about it. I don't know. The Orioles look it's, decent. It's just going to be a bumpy ride to get there for the Mariners. Uh, O's are, what, four games back? Yeah, four games. And they got the Red Sox, the Orioles do coming up next, who have pretty much checked out on the season. Their fielding is awful, terrible across the league. Uh, and then you've got the Blue Jays and the Yankees coming up. So Orioles, the Orioles playoffs start right now. Uh, all right, good shouts. Coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Nice one. We'll do turf trivia on the other side here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. is the People's Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Here's Bick Nizar and Randy Janda. Final segment coming to you live from the Kintec studio. This hour of the People Show brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota all-star team, avenuemachinery.ca, douglaslakeequipment.com. Nice work by everyone in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox for... Don't at me. A lot of thoughts coming in about the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks preseason coverage on Sportsnet 650 brought to you by Black and Lee. Suiting up has never been easier with suits and tuxedos in a modern wide range of colors, styles, and fits. Blackandlee.com. And I love this text coming in. Unsigned. Don't at me, but I actually let out a cheer when Garland tied the game last night. I'm ready for hockey. There you go. Here we go. Let's go. It's almost go time. Start from a place of neutral and work your way through the course of the season. Two weeks, Bic. Yeah. Until the regular season starts. Is that all it is? Two, Two weeks. weeks today? We got some work to do. We got to get ready for, like, I'm mentally there. No, it's more than two weeks. Two and a change. Yeah. Right? Less than three. I, I thought you said exactly two. No, nah, not exactly. No. How to do two math in my head? No, I, you know me and math. I just like to round up or round down. Kind of the way I roll. But I'm looking forward to it because Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi, like starting to do the work there as well. So that's coming back. We're almost there. Almost there. All right. Keep coming with the thoughts. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, You'll need that that number handy actually as well uh, because let's get to turf trivia. Uh, You are playing for a four-pack tickets to the Lions and Red Blacks at BC Place this Friday. What is... The question, Randy. Well, the previous text just mentioned Connor Garland. Mm-hmm. He scored in last night's game, the equalizer, before it went to overtime. He was selected in the fifth round of the 2015 draft. The Canucks had two picks in that round that year. Name any one of their two selections in the fifth round of the 2015 NHL draft. 650-650. There are two picks. In the, the fifth round. Fifth round. Not the first round, the fifth round. Can you name any one of those two picks in that round from the Canucks. We're being generous on a Monday. Yeah, it's not the easiest. One is easier than the other name. Sure. Let's put it that way. Uh, all right. If you get uh, that answer, we'll pick a winner from all the correct answers. And someone's walking away with the prize. Uh, four pack of tickets to the Lions and Red Blacks at BC Place this Friday. It's time for the People's Pick as well. Brought to you by Play Now Sports. Every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Play Now Sports. Brought to you by... 
BCLC. Did I see you uh, making a uh, home run prop bet there? By, uh... During the break, yes. Yeah. I was on uh, playnow.com, throwing down, throwing down some money on my boy Aaron Judge, mm-hmm. and also one for tonight's game. Monday uh, nighter. What are you taking? So right now, uh, just to give everyone a heads up here, it is Cowboys. It is Giants. It's uh, one point favoring the 2-0 and New York football Giants. Uh, total tonight, 38 and a half. So we did get a don't at me that this one's going to be a snoozer. Uh, but uh, the total, 38 and a half. Sets up for a great game, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? Man, thank thank God for fantasy and thank God for prop bets. In, in a season where, again, I mentioned, everyone's going to these cover two defenses, trying to limit big plays. Much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of the NFL and the people at the uh, head office because they want to see just highlights and fireworks shows and everything like that. Uh, so the, the number has gone under quite a bit so far this NFL season. Okay. Uh, 30 and a half is aggressively okay. low. <laughs> but you know what you're going to get with both of these teams? You're going to get a lot of viewership. Mm-hmm. The New York area, the Giants are, as much as Jets fans love to talk about how their team is relevant, when the Giants the are good. Cowboys, though. No, but when the Giants are good, all in New York, I'm sorry, Jets fans, watches the Giants. And the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to draw numbers. You how, know what's weird? Just how like, entertaining is it going to be, though? I don't know if I've ever seen the Giants, or sorry, the Jets even be good. Well, they went to a championship game, right? But like, I was that's like... That's it. It's, it's such a blip in my memory. Like, we've seen the Jaguars do it. Yeah. It's, I guess that's important. Like, what was the last time we feel like with the, the Jets have been consistently good? No, they had the, the, the stretch with Mark Sanchez. But we a little knew, bit. It's like a Sanchez little bit. is like, whatever. It was a little bit. Sanchez, come on. Although he was having a day yesterday. And even back in the day with like Wayne Corbett. Yeah. It's not like they had success. Uh, uh, Vinny Testaverde. So, so he, he was given a bit of a reprieve yesterday because uh, we saw the, uh, the butt punt in that Dolphins game. Thankfully, the Dolphins won that game because yeah. if you lose that game and the butt punt is a part of yeah. it. Which, by the way, so who's the punter? Uh, Morstead. Yep. So the, the butt punt for the safety. Yep. But the safety kickoff, the safety punt. That was amazing by him. Oh, yeah. He launched that one to well, redeem technically, himself. Technically, he launched the butt punt, too. Yeah, right that's into- fair. That's fair. Uh, so that one. And then so Sanchez got a bit of a, a reprieve. Dan Orlovsky gets a bit of a reprieve as well. Loved his tweet. Yeah. He's just like full caps. Freedom! I'm off the hook, basically. Because Jimmy G stepped out of bounds uh, at the back of the end zone. Uh for a safety as well. So uh, two uh, maligned former QBs uh, getting off the hook. That's cool to see. Yeah, nobody bet on a butt pump, uh, punt <laughs> as, a, as a... It's just fun to say, man. <laughs> a, it, it, it's funner to say than butt fumble. Although, the, like, the butt... Okay, here, here we go. The butt punt versus the butt fumble. Yeah. The fact that it was the Jets and the fact that it went down like that, it's still the funnier play. I think the butt fumble is the funnier play. That's yeah. I'd rather rewatch like that running one. into your center's yeah. ass face first is still the funnier visual play. So good. Yes, that one will get played more often. But what do I enjoy saying more is butt punt. Butt punt. Yeah. <laughs> we actually hit the under in what we thought I would say it today. We didn't mention in the first hour of the show. No. Now we're going all in. Butt punt. Uh, all right, my uh, my people's picks tonight. Hoping not to be a butt punt style uh, pick. Uh, again, low I don't number. Even know what that means? I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just I just wanted to fit it in. So no. Uh, again, it's it's a low total, so I don't want to lean into anytime touchdown props because for me it's just a, a lower number. It's gonna feel it feels like it's gonna be harder to uh, predict touchdowns for me. 
Uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, you, you just think of like game script, right? Like who's, who has a chance to ruin this game? And it is Micah Parsons. So what do you have to do in that scenario? Check downs and play the game with the idea that this guy has every opportunity to just destroy you. Uh, so I'm going to go actually shorter passes there and think of someone near the line of scrimmage like Saquon Barkley, over 22 and a half total receiving yards. Daniel Jones got to get the ball out, screen plays. He's just got to break one big one. And uh, that's cashing out at 1.8 there for uh, the New York Jets, or sorry, the New York Giants. All right, so you got that one. And I know you said you don't want to take the anytime touchdowns because hey, you never know with this game, right? Mm-hmm. Low, low uh, over-under number there. But I'm going to go to Zeke Elliott. And I know there's been a lot of discussion of where he's at in this game. But one thing is for sure, you know, he does play well against these Giants. Even last year in 2021, he had a three-touchdown game against them. And I look at that number. It's essentially 4-1 to one for the first Dallas touchdown being Zeke Elliott. First touchdown is interesting because at least it's, it's higher odds too. Yes. And even as a multi-touchdown game, you're looking at 8.5 essentially, the payout, which I don't mind that for this matchup. I know it's a low-scoring game if you look at the quarterbacks, but Zeke Elliott, this is an opportunity for him, and historically he does well against this team. He's generally in prime time. It's kind of hit or miss with Zeke. But I think there's at least the first touchdown, the odds there. I like that. So 4-1, to one, that's the one I'm laying on. A, a little bit risky, I understand. But the way that I think this game script will go, especially early on, the first touchdown for Dallas, I like Zeke Elliott. Uh, that is the People's Picks brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at PlayNow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. Gordy Locke uh, tweeting us as well. Uh, will you guys be doing NHL season team player props this preseason at all? Now, we're planning on doing that closer to the start of the season with the Canucks, but some numbers uh, at play now uh, were released today as well, Randy. That's right. Over under numbers at playnow.com. And a couple that really stood out to me, especially one with JT Miller. If you are a JT Miller fan, or if you are somebody that believes in JT Miller's game, you might want to look at these numbers. The over-under on points, regular season total points for JT Miller, 70.5. It's a player that's coming off a 99-point season. Taking the over or the under. Like, that to me is kind of free money, you know? So even if you project 20% regression, which is a substantial amount, it still feels like you would hit the over because 20% off of 99 is my math wrong on that? Would that not still clip the over? No, you're still hitting at a, a pretty, like, he'd have, a in our books, a disappointing season at 71 points, 72 points. Yeah. Still hitting the over there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, was it 77 points or 70 points? 70.5. Yeah. Again, 20% regression. That's a lot. That is a staggering amount. Like, when people worry about JT Miller, it's like, oh, you know, is he going to get 80 points? Is he going to be an 83-point player? And for me, it's always been just be a point-of-game player. Injuries can happen. We understand that. But for me, like the, the standard for that JT Miller has to achieve now as an $8 million player, well, next season as an $8 million player, is point-of-game. Yeah. Point-of-game. Like, he, he should clip 70 points easily. Like, I'm, power I'm smashing that over yeah. as much as I possibly can. Some other names as well. Elias Pettersson, 69.5 points over-under. So historically, he's been... 66 a couple of times, 68. 68. He's never hit the 70-point threshold. You think this year it could be it. The way that that line looks like right now, you know, you've got McKay, if he's healthy, 
Kuzmenko on the opposite wing. You know he's going to get his power play points as well. I expect Elias Pettersson, even if he's playing more of a, a matchup role, to get more points. Maybe not shatter his previous you know numbers, but 70? I'm comfortable with 70. If, if you are a believer that what we saw in the back half of last year, what was the date? January 16th onwards? Yep. And he went on a torrid pace. Post-All-Star break. Essentially a 100-point a pace. If you want to buy into that version of Elias Patterson, then yeah, 69.5 points feels very, very doable. It, it just goes back to like, what do you think this team is? Yeah. If, if you think this team is going to the playoffs, and that's why these ideas are all linked and you can develop game script and individuals or season scripts. If you think the Canucks go to the playoffs, guess what? JT Miller and Elias Pettersson are, are foundational reasons for that. So Miller's at 70.5. Elias Pettersson, 69.5. Nice. Bo Horvat's at 55.5. And that one I'm thinking about because... I don't know what that third line's role is going to be, and I don't know. Well, the, they'll play minutes. They will, but like Bo's, Bo in a normal year, 55 is an interesting number with him, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be a 60-point guy, right? But like, I thought the whole point, like again, like the big selling point that people have told me for two plus years on Bo Horvat is, oh, you know you're going to get 55 points. And now suddenly you see the number and you're like, ah, I don't know. No, but there's surefire bets to say, okay, Elias Pettersson, Five-on-five is going to get minutes. JT Miller, I have confidence that he's going to get those five-on-five minutes as well. Bo Horvat, I'm not sure what those minutes are going to look like. I'm not sure what role that is. I think, But at least least Horvat's cracked 55 points. Sure he has. How am I the pro Horvat picker on this show now? I'm saying 61 points is his career high at this point. Yeah, but like PD hasn't broken 69 and a half points. But I feel like he's going to get more advantageous, and we've talked about offensive zone starts with PD compared Mm -hmm. to Bo, right? Like... 55 one year. Who's looking at the power play? Sure, he, sure, of course he is. Mm-hmm. But who do you expect to get more points? I feel more comfortable saying PD's going to get 70. Bo, to me, what his role looks like, I'm not sure at this point. And once you maybe start seeing more matchups, more consistent lineups as we get closer to the season, that's the one I kind of pause at. I, is he capable of getting 56 points? Of course. What does that role? Is it similar to what we've seen in the past? Or... Is he getting a little bit more leeway offensively? Is he getting those matchups? Because I still am I'm wondering on that one. I'm going to wait a day or two on that one. The other two, I'm hitting with the overs. Wow. And how many points are there to go to round on a, in a lineup? You have to also, right? There's only... You yeah, to, you, you can't just be, hit over on every single one. You can't hit over yeah. on every single one. Somebody's going to be probably in and around that range. I think Bo might be that guy. That was Randeep Janda. That was not Pick Nazar. Yeah. Please direct all your tweets at uh, Randeep Janda. Fan of his game. It's a part of what kind of matchups he gets, though. That's I still think it's going to be heading more defensive minutes and defensive zone starts. Uh, Bick Nazar, Randy Bjando. Let's clean up turf trivia as well. Uh, so our defending champion was in Vancouver. A four-pack of tickets to the Lions and Red Blacks at BC Place this Friday. Uh, we asked you, Connor Garland, selected in the fifth round of the 2015 NHL Draft. Canucks had two picks in that round. Not the first round, that round. Can you name any of their two selections? What was the answer, Andy? All right, the correct answer is pick 144, Carl Neal. Shouts to Carl Neal. Did not play any NHL games. Carl Neal reference cashes at uh, plus 5,000 today. And if you don't know who Carl Neal is, defenseman, played for Sherbrooke back in the day, now still playing in the Austrian League. So shouts to Carl Neal, still living out the dream. 
The other name, Adam Gaudet. Now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, we know him well. So those are the two players. And congratulations to Benson in Burnaby, who came in with Adam Gaudet. All you needed was one name. Wait, do we have two winners here today? What's going on? I, I think we might have some, oh, co- some, never mind. some controversy. Okay, never mind. Hold on, hold on. Did you pick a winner and Ben picked a winner? I think we did. So ben, I'm are you on the ben. mic right now? I'm sorry, Benson. Uh, it might not I, be you. I picked one in the chat. Ah, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, no, we're going to keep up. Already. I'm keep sorry. Up. I'm sorry. This is this is on me. Benson, I'm sorry for the false alarm. We got to go with our boy, Ben. Ben, uh, who did you pick? You know what? I mean, should we just do two pairs? I feel bad now. All right, fine. Let's do two pairs. All right. Uh, Benson in Burnaby. Congratulations on the W. And also Puneet in Surrey. Congratulations on the W. So we got Good compromise. a co-champion. Yeah. We got a co-champion, so we have, for the first time ever in Triff Trivia history, Burnaby and Surrey are co-champions of Triff Trivia. Someone's got to flip a coin here real fast. Uh, ben, I don't know if you can do that in your end. And just, just flip a coin, because we need to figure out uh, where the actual belt is going. Uh, you got one? What is tails and what is heads? Let's go Burnaby, tails, Surrey, heads. Got it. Here we go. All right. The official coin flip. It is tails. Let's go. Okay. Wait, what do we say? Tails is Burnaby? What was tails again? Surrey. Okay. Surrey. <laughs> so I, I, Surrey is getting the belt. There we go. Surrey, uh, our turf trivia champion. Uh, again, look, man, we can help out more people today. That's, that's there we go. The only My downside we had leads to something positive. Thanks Fine. for correcting that, Ben. Uh, all right, big shout out. Uh, again, the Adam Gaudet uh, reference caches as well. Top six Adam Gaudet, by the way. See that? He did get hurt, though. Yeah. So not great for Adam. Hopefully it's not nothing serious, but... Yeah, the Leafs are going to have some interesting wingers on their top six. They got, it's kind of like driving a, a Rolls Royce with mm-hmm. like cloth interior. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? You essentially bought this luxury car and you're like, ah, I don't want to pay on the leather seats. Hey man, cloth interior for life. <laughs> but you don't see that with, you don't see that with a Rolls Royce. I'm just trying to picture it now. It's like the 1990s. Version oh, of yes. the cloth seats. Oh, yeah, like the classic Honda uh, I'm sorry, but that's what it feels yeah. like, right? Somebody's going to be playing in the top six. You're like, sorry, what? What a great visual. Just just the nice <laughs> or, wheels, the nice rims. <laughs> it's like, check out the cloth or, interior. Or no power windows. You're just, you've got, that might be worse. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, all right, good stuff today in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, Benson from Burnaby, we'll reach out to you. Uh, we need some details as well. Uh, that's... Uh, Big win. Uh, we'll do turf trivia again later on this week for a four-pack of tickets uh, to the Lions and Red Blacks at BC Place this Friday. Canuck Central on the way. Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah uh, coming up next. Uh, you've been listening to The People Show. Bick Nazar, Randeep Janda, big shout-out to Mark Ross, Brendan Batchelor, and Tyler Uremchuk as well. If you missed anything, go to the podcast, Spotify, Google, and Apple. And before we're up today, Bick, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that attended Night of Miracles this past weekend. Massive, uh, yep. Rogers is involved with that as a co-sponsor. I was hosting with Gurp from Hockey Night. And uh, just want to give a shout-out to everybody there. 641000 Wait, sorry, how much? $641,100 for kids' health care in BC and the uh, Diabetes Transfer, uh, Transformation Project as well. So shouts to everybody there, and thanks for supporting. Absolutely. 641K. That is spectacular. Uh, all right. We're out of here. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw, next here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.